Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the birthday love. Thank you for my wife. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for my wife. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, and I appreciate your love, and most importantly, I thank God for another year of life. Amen. God is good. Someone shout amen. We're going to get in the word uh, this morning. Uh, I'm going to invite you to turn to Psalms chapter 1, Psalms chapter 1. Uh, we're going to be reading Psalms chapter 1, and uh, before I, I get to that, just want to remind everybody, who's ready, getting ready for revival? Who's getting ready for revival? Wow, we uh, had a powerful night of prayer on Friday night. We were, we, we were here from approximately 10 p.m. to about 1.30 a.m., did y'all hear that? Approximately 1.30, and some came back even past 1.30. So I just want to let you know, if you're feeling uh, something, that means somebody anointed the, the chair that you're sitting on. Somebody prayed, like we stirred up some spiritual energy up in here. Someone shout amen. So we are, we are in anticipation. Uh, I learned a long time ago. Uh, that the atmosphere of expecta expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. The atmosphere of expectation. So come October 27th and then in Whittier, October 28th, come with an expectation uh, that God do something deeply in your life. And I really want to encourage you to bring somebody. Bring somebody who needs the Lord, bring somebody who needs to experience the power of God. We're believing that something is going to detonate in the heart of everybody who comes uh, to our revival. And don't forget, we have water baptisms that first Friday, October 27th. So if you need to be water baptized, uh, sign up, sign up. Someone shout amen. So uh, we have been studying in the book of Psalms in the weekend, uh, and we have been learning some of the purposes of this book of Psalms, we have learned that Psalms ignites uh, passion in our hearts. We, that's one of the things we learned, that Psalms is pregnant with passion and, and power, and that uh, you cannot read Psalms without being filled up with fresh passion uh, to worship the Lord and to serve the Lord and to run after God. So whenever you find yourself needing passion, turn uh, to the book of Psalms. We've also learned uh, that Psalms uh, helps to heal our hearts. Uh, we have learned, and we've learned this by experience, that the world uh, tries to break our hearts. The world tries to break our hearts, and if you live long enough, eventually uh, the world is going to break your heart. And you need uh, somewhere to turn to uh, to strengthen your heart. You need someone, uh, something to turn to to fill you with healing and wholeness. And Psalms is, is anointed uh, to put your heart back together again. Someone shout amen to that. 
So I also want to uh, bring up that Psalms also gives us a stunning view of Jesus. Uh, Psalms also gives us a stunning view of Jesus. Uh, let me remind you that from Genesis to Revelation, uh, the Bible reveals Jesus. Write that down, somebody. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible reveals Jesus. In fact, when you connect the dots of the Bible, they form a picture of Jesus. When you connect the dots of the Bible, they form a picture of Jesus. Now, write this down. I'm going to remind you of something for all you Bible students out there. The Old Testament predicts Jesus. The Gospels reveal Jesus. Acts of the Apostles preach Jesus. The Epistles explain Jesus. And Revelation expects Jesus. Someone say it's all about Jesus. Listen, you've come to a church where it's all about Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. So remember that as we study God's word, the Old Testament predicts Jesus. The Gospels reveal Jesus. The Acts of the Apostles preach Jesus. The Epistles explain Jesus. Revelation expects Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. See, at the end of the day, my brothers and sisters, when we go to the Bible, we are to look for Jesus. You're not to look for something to argue about. You're not to look for something that you could prove somebody wrong. No, at the end of the day, we go to the Bible to look for Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. Remember when Jesus was born way back 2,000 years ago? Remember there was a group of magi that came looking for Jesus? Anybody remember that group of magi that came looking for Jesus? Do you remember the driving question that, that they had? Anybody had, remember the driving question they had? Uh, they said, where is the one born king? Where is the one born king? The, the driving question that they had was, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? And listen, every time we go to the Holy Scripture, every time we go to the Bible, we are to ask the same question. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? And in fact, uh, as we study the book of Psalms, uh, Psalms reveals Jesus to us. Jesus is all over the book of Psalms. Now, the suffering and the glory of Jesus are found in Psalms. The suffering and the glory of Jesus are found in Psalms. You don't have to turn there. Just listen to this in Psalms 22, verse 6. Listen to this. It says, but I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him let him deliver him since he delights in him who you think he's talking about right there he's talking about the suffering of Jesus on the cross anybody remember what that thief said to Jesus on the cross right anybody remember uh, you trust in God that's what the thief said let 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 him save you anybody remember that the suffering and the glory are all throughout the book of Psalms you don't have to turn there just listen to this in Psalms 24 verse 9 it says lift 
up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who's he talking about in that psalm? Who's he referring to in that psalm? Someone shout Jesus. Who is the king of glory? That's Jesus, our savior. He's not just a lamb. He's the king, and he's not just any king. He's the king of glory. And so Psalms gives us this epic view of Jesus. Psalms gives us this epic view of Jesus. Because ultimately, uh, my brothers and sisters, when we read the written word, uh, we are to encounter the living word. Ultimately, we read the written word to encounter the living word. That's where revival begins. Revival begins when we encounter Jesus in his word. We read the written word to encounter the living word. And when we have that encounter, something explodes in our hearts. That's where revival begins. I don't know if you sense it or not, but I, I really feel, I said to myself two days ago that God uh, is allowing us to experience revival before the revival. God is allowing us to experience revival before the revival. Why is that? Because we're open to the Holy Spirit. We're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but we're also honoring his word. We're also studying his word. We're also digging in his word. And let me tell you something. When you get the spirit and the word, when you get the spirit and the word, you get an explosion from God. So remember, Psalms gives us this epic view of Jesus. Keep that. Uh, in your mind, because I'm going to come full circle as we study the word uh, this morning. So let's turn to Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 is going to be our main focus of study uh, this morning. Psalms chapter 1. When everybody's there, say amen. amen. Hear the word of the Lord as I read it, as I speak it over your life, as I release the word. Remember, there's power in God's word. There's healing in God's word. So as you, as you speak the word of God, uh, uh, power is released. Anointing is released. So, so hear the word of the Lord. Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted, someone say planted, by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Underline that phrase, bring forth, bring forth, bring forth. As you serve the Lord, as you, uh, you know, become more and more a man or a woman of God, you ought to be bringing forth uh, things uh, uh, into the kingdom of God. You ought to be bringing forth things to your family. You ought, to, you ought to be bringing forth things to make this world a better world. Someone shout amen. amen. Particularly if you're a husband, you, ought to, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be coming home empty all the time. You ought, to, you ought to be bringing forth things into your family. Someone shout amen. It says that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does 
shall prosper. Look at verse 4. The ungodly, someone say ungodly. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff. Someone say chaff. Circle that word chaff. But are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Now that's, that, that's something to just think about for a second. Um, what is a chaff? What is a chaff? And most of us don't know what that is because we're not farmers. So I had to do a little research. And a chaff looks like an authentic piece of grain. It looks like an authentic piece of grain. And the chaff would go together with the grain. But, the, but the, uh, the, the goal of the farmer was try to separate the chaff from the grain. Because the chaff was not, it was not good for anything. So that the way that they would separate the chaff from the grain is they would take both of them in, a, in a, like a cup, and they would take it all the way up to a hill where the wind was blowing, and guess what they would do? They would throw them both up into the air, and guess what would happen? The wind would blow away the chaff, and the grain would fall back into the cup. That's how they separated the chaff from the grain. Now, why is that important? Because the chaff looks like a grain, it kind of also almost feels like the grain, but the difference between the chaff and the grain was the chaff was hollow. The chaff was hollow. Looked like a grain, maybe felt like a grain, but there was no foundation in the chaff. There was no, there was, was no meat in the chaff. It was hollow. Someone say hollow. So when they threw the grain and the chaff up in the air, it was so light. It was so light that the wind would blow it away. Hello, somebody. You better get filled up with the word of God. You better get baptized with the Holy Ghost. You better be filled up with the joy of the Lord, filled up with the power of God. Because the wind is coming, my brothers and sisters. The wind is coming. The wind is coming. The storm is coming. And we better be ready so that we're not blown away by the wind of the enemy. Someone shout amen. amen. The wind is coming. The wind is coming. The wind is coming. The storm is coming. We're living in the end of the end days. We're called to live in the last days. And don't be fearful of that. Be considered an honor that God has allowed you to live in the last of the end days. Consider that an honor. Think about that with me. He could have allowed us to live at any time in history, any time of history. We could have lived in the Roman Empire. We could have lived in the Middle Ages. But he has chosen by his sovereign grace that you are to live right now to do his will, to be his light, to be the salt and the light in the world. So don't be fearful. Let me drill that. Let me drill down on that a little bit. Don't, don't be fearful about what you're hearing on the news. Don't, don't be fearful about what you're hearing in the Middle East. Pray for what's happening in the Middle East. Pray for Israel. Pray for the Palestinians. Pray for those that are hurt. Hurt. Pray for the families. Pray for the leaders that God give them wisdom to, 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 to do the right things. Pray that God's will be done. But don't, 
be afraid. It's an honor that we are called to be the end day army of God, the end day soldiers of God, to come together and pray, to come together and worship, to come together and preach the gospel, to come together and be salt and light in this world. It's an honor. So don't be afraid. Someone say, don't be afraid. And whatever you do, don't get mad at the darkness. Whatever you do, don't get mad at the darkness. Because if the enemy can't stop you from being afraid, the next thing he's going to try to get you to do is get mad at the darkness. And you don't change the darkness by becoming darkness. Anybody catch that? You never change the darkness by becoming darkness. That's what the enemy wants to do, dilute us and pollute us. He wants us to get us to reflect the darkness because you can't change the darkness if you get mad at the darkness. You keep being the church of the living God. You keep being the salt and the earth of the world. You keep being who God has called you to be. And, and God's will be done. Someone say God's will be done. By the way, pray for us this week because me, Pastor Daniel, and, and, and uh, uh, Jeremy were flying out to Africa on Tuesday. And uh, we're going to Kenya, Africa, and we're going to be preaching the gospel over there, going to be believing that God will save somebody, going to be believing that God will heal somebody, believing that God will deliver somebody. We're going to be ministering at orphanages. We're going to be ministering at a crusade. Uh, we're going to be ministering to some professional uh, business people in uh, the nation of Kenya. So pray that God kind of gives us a fresh anointing uh, to do his work. Someone shout amen. So look at back, turn to verse 5. He says, therefore the ungodly shall not stand. Someone say stand. In the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows. Someone say the Lord knows. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of his word. I want us to look at this passage of scripture, my uh, brothers and sisters, and kind of ask the Holy Spirit uh, to give us some revelation uh, so that we might have some illumination in our spirit so that we could uh, walk away with a little bit of transformation as we uh, look to the word of God. And as I approach this Psalms and I've been kind of meditating upon it in preparation for our time together, um, I noticed that Psalms one here opens up with this evangelistic tone. It opens up with this evangelistic tone. When you read the entire Psalms 1, you notice it kind of lays out clearly before us two people, two paths, two destinies. That's what we just read right there. Two people, two paths, and two destinies. One is blessed, one is cursed. One is blessed, one is cursed. One is like a tree. The other one is like a chaff. One is fruitful. One is barren. One is planted by the rivers of water. One is merely existing in a dry place. Did you notice that, what we read? What we just read in Psalm chapter 1, he lays out two types of people, just two types of people, two paths, two destinies. One is blessed and one is cursed. 
And when you think about the world, the world creates many categories of people. Uh, the, the world tries to kind of pin many categories of people, uneducated people, educated people, rich people, poor people, suburban people, urban people, Republican, uh, Democrats. But according to this psalm, according to this psalm, notice there are only two categories of people. According to this psalm, there's only two categories of people, the blessed one and the cursed one. There's no middle ground. Someone say there's no middle ground. According to this psalm, it lays out two groups of people, the blessed one and the, and the cursed one. No middle ground. Now, when you think about that principle, it throws us to the mind of Jesus because didn't Jesus also talk about two paths? Didn't Jesus also talk about two paths? Didn't he talk about a narrow gate and a wide gate? Didn't Jesus talk about a narrow gate and a wide gate in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14? Listen to what Jesus says. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Narrow, narrow is the road. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're on a narrow road. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're on a narrow road. What's one of the things that that means? One of the things that that means is you can't do what the world does. One of the things that means you got to make up your mind right now if you're going to be in the world or you're going to be in the kingdom of God. Because those that are in the kingdom of God, it's a narrow road that you're not called to do what everybody does. You're not called to think like everybody thinks. You're not called to walk like everybody wants. You're on this narrow road. You have an anointing upon your life. You have a calling upon your life. God has deposited greatness inside of you, and you got to protect that which God has placed inside of you. Don't jump with the group no more. Don't follow the wide road anymore. There's a calling upon your life. There's an anointing upon your life. There's greatness upon your life through God. You could travel that narrow road or you could travel that wide road, but I want to encourage someone today that God has placed something inside of you that requires you to protect it. Why else does a thief come but to steal, kill, and destroy? Why else is the enemy coming for your family? Because there's something valuable in your family. There's something valuable in your life that God has deposited. So you better stay on that narrow road and protect what God is trying to do in your life. Miracles happen on that narrow road. Breakthroughs happen on that narrow road. When you jump outside of the narrow road, that's when you go to dilute yourself. You ever, you ever tasted watered-down soda? Hello, somebody. Watered-down Christian don't taste good either. A watered-down follower of Jesus Christ don't taste good either. Someone shout amen. So I want us, uh, as we look at this text, I want us to continue to kind of paint the picture of this blessed Christian. I want us to look and be inspired by this picture of a blessed Christian. I want us to examine our lives and kind of see where it lines up with this blessed Christian that, that Psalms 1 
outlines. Remember, we cannot press forward into our future selves if we don't know uh, what it's supposed to look like. Did you catch that? Like there is a future self waiting for you. There is a stronger version of you waiting for you to step into him or her. There, there is a more, more wiser person. There's a more anointed person. There's a more favored individual waiting to come. And so part of my role, remember I shared this last week, part of my role is every time you come to church is to pull out the word of God and give you a vision of the blessed you, a vision of the more powerful you, a vision of the more anointed you. Are you following along? Now, 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 our life doesn't always kind of line up with that picture, but we got to show it to you anyways. We got we to gotta raise the standard anyways, all right? So, so as we paint the picture today, you might feel a little squirmish. You might feel a little kind of, you know, a poked a little bit. But listen, listen, don't be discouraged by that because that's a sign that you're still alive. That's a sign that God is still working with you. That is a sign that you still got areas to grow in. And as long as you got areas to grow in, then, then, you, then you still alive. Hello, somebody. So we, we, we lift up this picture of the blessed you so you could have something to strive for so that whenever the devil kind of knocks you down, you could look up and say, man, this is not how my life is supposed to be. This is not how I'm supposed to be living. Uh, there's something greater for me to step into. There's something more powerful to, for me to step into. Is anybody following along? So we need this picture of this blessed life, this blessed Christian Life. Does anybody love, like a blessing? Like, does anybody like when God blesses you? I, for one, am like t tired of the curses of life. I don't know if you've ever come to that place, but I've 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 come to a place years ago where I looked at my life, and I'm just tired of suffering. Now that don't mean I'm not ever going to suffer again, but I'm just I don't have to like love it. I don't have to like it. Like I, could, I could draw a line in the sand and say, you know what? I, I'm tired of the curses. Like I want to be blessed. Like I want my kids to be blessed. I want, I want my marriage to be blessed. Like I, I don't want to be cursed. I don't want to be walking up underneath no curse. I don't want to be leading my family up underneath no curse. I want to lead them into the blessing of God. Someone shout amen. amen. So let's... let's let, let me extract some reflections on this blessed follower of Jesus Christ. Number one, the blessed Christian is satisfied in the Lord. Satisfied in the Lord. I want you to notice that Psalms 1 starts off with this phrase, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Now, the word blessed is used about 26 times in the book of Psalms, roughly around 26 times. For example, in Psalms 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Did you see that word right there? Psalms 89, verse 15, it says, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of his presence. So about 26 times, 
the book of Psalms uses this word blessed. What does it mean? Uh, what does it mean? The word blessed here means deep-seated joy. It means deep-seated satisfaction. Write that down. That word blessed in this context means deep-seated joy. It means deep-seated satisfaction. And how many of you know that this deep-seated satisfaction that we have doesn't come from the world? How many of you know that the, the deep-seated satisfaction that Christians are supposed to live in and walk in does not come from the world? It doesn't come from our careers. It doesn't come from our possessions. It should not be coming from your relationships. It should not be coming from the money you got in your pocket. As Christians, our deep-seated satisfaction should come from another world. It should come from another world. It should come directly from the throne of God. Directly from the throne of God. That's why Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord. Someone say, in the Lord. See, see, our strength should come from the Lord. Our joy should come from the Lord. Our power should come from the Lord. If you put your strength in your career, if you put your strength in your money, if you put your strength in your relationships, you're going to go up and down, up and down, up and down, and you're not going to go far. So we got to think about that this morning. Do you have this type of divine satisfaction in your life? Are you able to remain satisfied in the Lord through all seasons? Are you able to remain satisfied in the Lord through all seasons? Are you able to remain satisfied in the Lord through the ups and downs of life? We've got to examine our, our, our hearts this morning. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, the blessed ones, uh, my brothers and sisters, have learned to drink from the waters of the Lord to be satisfied. The blessed ones, the ones that go the distance, the ones that endure hell and high water, the ones that endure persecution, the ones that deserve, uh, de, uh, endure a famine, a season of famine, we have learned to drink from the waters of the Lord. Someone shout amen. Jesus said in John chapter 4, verse 14 in the ESV version, listen to what he says in John 4. He says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This is the key to endurance. This is the key to persevere. This is the key when you got to bunker down during seasons of famine or seasons of spiritual warfare, when your finances are getting attacked or your possessions are getting attacked or your, or your homes are getting attacked. This is the key to be able to survive is drinking from the water of the well of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the key to drink from Jesus. Someone shout Jesus. This is how you survive. This is how you survive. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. How are you going to survive? It's by learning to drink from the presence of the Lord. That's how you're going to survive. 
So the blessed Christian is satisfied in the Lord. Secondly, the blessed Christian is separated from the world. Go back to verse 1. What does it say? Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So the blessed Christian is separated from the world. Now listen, I'm not saying to retreat from the world. We are not called to retreat from the world. We are called to invade the world. We are called to be salt and light in the world. So what I'm, what I'm sharing with us today is not about isolation. We're, we're not talking about Christian isola isolation. That, that, that God is not telling you to isolate yourself from, from the things of this world. I'm not talking about isolation. I'm talking about insulation. Insulation. What do I mean by that? Is when you build a firewall around your heart so that the world doesn't infiltrate you. When you build a firewall around your home so that the world doesn't infiltrate your home. When you build a firewall around your mind so the world don't infiltrate your mind. See, we are called to be in the world, but we're not called to be of the world. We are called to be in the world, but we are not called to be of the world. And, and blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word walk speaks of paying attention to. Blessed is the one who doesn't pay attention to the counsel of the world. Blessed is the one who does not pay attention to the counsel of the world. How many know we got to pay attention to what we pay attention to? The world is so slick and intrusive and invasive that we have to pay attention to what we are paying attention to or else the world will slip into our lives to contaminate us and you won't even know it. You won't even know it. The spirit of this world is deceptive. The spirit of this world is slick. It's slick intrusive invasive if you don't know if you're not if you're not on your toes if you're not being vigilant if, if you're not if you're not awake if you're not if you're not praying and watching praying and watching praying and watching praying and watching that means sometimes you got to pray with one eye open the world will slip in the devil will slip in, and you'll be dancing to the sound of the world and not even know it. You'll be dancing to the ways of the world and not even realize it. Does anybody pick it up what I'm putting down? I shared a, a story not too long ago, about a couple years ago, I was driving to Ventura to preach, and I had a car full of brothers in my car, and we were listening to some Christian music on the radio as we were driving from L.A. County to Ventura. And we were bumping Christian music. And I think it was Kirk Franklin came on, one of them stomping songs. And uh, I'm, I'm a type of individual that I could dance with just my shoulders. <laughs> Anybody like that too? Like... 
you don't need to move your feet sometimes. You could just do the shoulder thing, right? And so if I'm in the, in the car and, like, a Christian song is bumping, like, I could, just, I could just dance with my shoulders like this and stay focused. And I think it was Kirk Franklin that came on the radio, stomp, stomp, right? And, and I was, we were bumping that, man, rejoicing the Lord, windows down, and I was moving my shoulders like this, right, moving my shoulders. And as we continued to drive, I lost kind of thought to the song. I, lost, I was just getting my groove on like this. And I, about three minutes later, I noticed that Kirk Franklin was no longer singing. And it was one of them club songs. And I was like, I was like, what? I didn't, who changed the station? Because I didn't see nobody change the station. And I was kind of feeling like I'm trying to be an example. And here I am dancing to the club song. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I did not change the station. And as we continued to drive, all of a sudden, Kurt Franklin came back on. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Someone say, whoa. I was like, whoa. And I noticed something. And I don't even know how true this is. This is just what I picked up. That when we were traveling from L.A. County, there was a frequency that was playing a Christian radio station. And I, just, I had just picked up this insight right then and there. I don't even know how true this is. But something happened. When we crossed over from L.A. County to Ventura County, something happened in the, in the spiritual realm. The principality of the air. Something happened that we crossed over radio waves. And what used to be a Christian song turned into a club song. And I found myself dancing to the music of the world, and I didn't even know it. If you can't say amen, say ouch. We got to start paying attention to what we're supposed to be paying attention to. Can I take you a little deeper? Can I take you a little bit deeper? I, ho I hope you all come back. Last week, I think it was October 11th. They had National Come Out Day at school. National Come Out Day at school. I don't know if you knew that. I hope, and if you ain't done this already, maybe you could, you could just go back and do it. I hope you armed your kids with the truth of God's word before you sent them into that atmosphere. I hope you sat them down. Now, maybe you didn't do it. This is not to put no guilt on you, but this is to prepare you for the future. That when we have our kids in public school, don't just let them go. You got to sit them down and you got to prepare them for what they may be exposed to. And don't try to be too shy and try to, you know, use discretion. Yes, use discretion. But let me tell you something. They're being exposed to a lot more than what we realize. And so as parents, we got to sit them down and we got to pay attention to what we are to pay, be, pay attention to. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? 
So this is what it means to protect ourselves from the counsel of the world. Uh, uh, the counsel speaks about the, the voice of the world or, or the voice of sin. And, and how many know that the voice of the world has the power to mold us and shape us? How many know the, the voice of the world has the power to mold us and to shape us? And whatever shapes our mind shapes our life. Whatever shapes our mind shapes our life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I like the, another translation says, Don't be squeezed into the mold of this world. Don't be squeezed into the mold of this world. So the blessed Christian is separated from the world. And let me, let me just reinforce this, that God is serious about his people being separated from the world. God is serious. Before the Israelites went into the promised land in Deuteronomy 18, verse 9, listen to what God told them. God says, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the ab abominations of those nations. God is serious. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but God has a promised land for every born-again believer. God has a promised land that speaks of your marriage or speaks of your home or speaks of your career or speaks of your success. And just because God blesses you in a particular environment doesn't give you permission to act like that environment. Hello, somebody. God sent you as a missionary, as an ambassador into that environment to be different for the kingdom of God. Someone shout amen. So remember the ways of the world don't just overtake us at once. The ways of the world kind of creep into our lives through our ears. That's what it talks about counsel. It talks about counsel. And what's interesting uh, as I think about this my brothers and sisters is that God gave us eyelids to shut when we need to. Have you noticed that? Like God gave us eyelids to shut Whenever we, we, we get exposed to something that we should be looking at. Some of y'all need to close your eyes a little bit more. But he didn't give us ear lids for our ears. Did you catch that? He gave you eyelids to shut when you get exposed to something you're not supposed to be exposed to. But he didn't give us ear lids to shut. So guess what? If the responsibility is up to you to walk away when you should not be listening to certain things that dishonor God. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? If it's dirty, walk away. If it's gossip, walk away. Church, if you get exposed to gossip because it's in here, it's everywhere, walk away. Don't entertain it. Walk away. If it's profanity, walk away. If it's blasphemous, walk away. Someone say walk away. And sometimes you got to run. Ephesians 4.27 says don't give the devil a foothold. So notice back to Psalms, the progression. Walks, talks about paying attention to. Stands, uh, speaks of starting to get involved in. And then sits is when you become established in it. And it's a downward spiral. That's why you don't entertain the devil. That's why you don't entertain it. You are not strong enough to jump into the world and think that everything is going to be okay. There is a progression that takes place. Lastly, what is the picture of the blessed Christian? The blessed Christian lives in harmony with God's word. 
uh, lives in harmony with God's word. Verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Someone say delight. That word delight, uh, uh, it's, it speaks of bringing your life into harmony with God's word. Harmony into God's word. That's what it means. That word delight, it doesn't just mean to be happy with. It means to bring into harmony with God's word. So listen to this. Blessed is the one whose lives uh, bring their lives into harmony with God's word. Bring their thoughts into harmony with God's word. Bring their behavior into harmony with God's word. Bring their relationships into harmony with God's word. Some of y'all have relationships that are outside of the will of God, and you either need to cut that relationship off, or you got to bring that relationship into harmony with God's word. If you want the blessing of God, you cannot actively live in sin and expect God to bless you. There's tension when you live in sin. No matter, no, no wonder why there's tension in your life. If you're living in sin, if you're living out of an alignment of God's will for your life, you bring tension into your marriage. You bring tension into your life. You even put unnecessary tension on your kids if your family is out of alignment with the will of God. Lord, help us. Blessed is the one who brings their life in alignment, in, in harmony with God's word. Now, as I begin to conclude our study this morning, when we read Psalms 1, particularly verses 1 through 3, we encounter this one who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, and his delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates on the word day and night. When we read that, particularly in verses 1 through 3, it's almost intimidating. It's almost intimidating. Like, you, you're not going to say it, but, but you're almost thinking in your mind, like, who is this guy? Like, it doesn't look like me. If we're honest, we, we look at it. Most of it, it, do, it doesn't look like my life. It doesn't, it doesn't, who, who is this talking about? Like, I'm far from this. Some of you may be thinking I'm, my life is far from this right here. Who, who is he referring to? Here's, here's the good news that I want to give you this morning. That Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 and 3, ultimately is a picture of Jesus. It's ultimately a picture of Jesus. There is only one person who has fulfilled this in its entirety. This is true ultimately of only one person, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the prototype of Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Now, when you look at it like that, when you look at it like that, the intimidation goes away, my brothers and sisters. When you look at it like that, the intimidation goes away. You know why? Because you learn that Psalms verses 1 through 3 is an invitation for us to be more like Jesus. That this passage of Scripture is an invitation to become increasingly like Jesus. It's, it's an invitation to allow God to transform us into the mode of Jesus. 
And when we realize that about verses 1 through 3, now we don't look to that chapter with intimidation. We look to Psalms in wonder. We look in wonder and we say, wow, God, you invite us to be like Jesus. You invite us to be more and more like Jesus. Now remember, the goal of transformation is Jesus. The goal of the gospel is to make you more like Jesus. The goal of God God's word is to make us more and more like Jesus. And the last time I checked, the last time I checked, Jesus is strong. The last time I checked, Jesus is anointed. The last time I checked, Jesus is healed. The last time I checked, Jesus is powerful. Jesus is holy. Jesus is whole. And the last time I checked, Jesus is unbeatable. And so the Psalms, it invites us. It invites us. Don't look at that Psalm with intimidation, verses 1 through 3. Don't look at it with intimidation. Oh, I'm never going to be like that. Don't look at it through those lens. Look at it as an invitation that God is inviting you to be more and more like Jesus. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. As the worship team comes up. Our meditation this morning, as we bow our heads in honor of God's word, our meditation this morning is let our prayer be, Lord, make me more and more like Jesus. I want that to be our prayer this morning. No matter where you line up with that statement, maybe you're far from that statement, but may that be our prayer this morning. Lord, make me more and more like Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we meditate and reflect upon the word of the Lord, let's, let's make that our prayer as the worship team kind of plays lightly in the background. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, make me more and more like Jesus. Let that be our prayer. Pray that out to the Lord. Pray it out loud. Hallelujah, Lord. Make us more and more like Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Let that be our prayer. Make us more and more like Jesus. Make my mind more and more like Jesus, God. Make my behavior more and more like Jesus. Make my attitude more and more like Jesus. Oh, if you need your attitude more and more like Jesus, just pray that. Pray that this morning. Lord, line us up, Lord. Line us up, oh Lord. Line us up. 
Help us, Lord, to live in alignment with your will. Help us to live in alignment with your will. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we could look to your word without condemnation. But we look to your word in wonder. And we thank you, Lord, for the invitation to become more and more like Jesus. And Lord, we submit our will to you. We submit our life to you. Help us, Lord, to live for you. Help us, Lord, to honor you, Father God. Lord, help us to be more and more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. I want to call up Pastor Raymond. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Brian, for that word. Praise the Lord. At this time, we're going to transition to our tithes and offerings portion of our service. Who got something out of that this morning, brothers and sisters? Amen, amen. Well, I got a scripture here out of Matthew eleven twenty-eight. It says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is our ultimate source. He gives us rest. He gives us provision. He gives us uh, strength when we need strength. And, and we get an opportunity every time we give to God to, to recognize that God is the one that gives us money, right? God is the one that gives us the air in our lungs, uh, the roof over our heads, and peace of mind, amen? So as we give, uh, I just want to uh, give a couple of announcements as the ushers come forward. We have a way, ways to give here at Chapel of Change. We have uh, the ways to give behind on our screen right here, or we have an envelope right here, and we're going to facilitate that in person. There's an envelope in the back of the back of the seats if you want to give that way as well. We have Scan to Give, where you could take out your phone and click on the app, and you could give that way. And also, if you want to give by debit card, there is somebody in the back that will facilitate that for you uh, after the service is over. We have some announcements. Immediately after this service, we're going to be having lunch celebrating our pastor's birthday, amen? So come out in our fellowship hall right here. We're going to have a lunch. We're going to just uh, have a good time in fellowship. Come out in and be a part of that. Uh, also, we have our Fresh Hope Revival, amen? Fresh Hope Revival coming October 27th and 28th. Let's get ready. There's flyers going around. Take some flyers and invite people to this revival, amen. If you're getting blessed, just bring somebody else to uh, experience that as well. We also have our Samoa trip coming up. We're in preparations of that. We have fundraisers uh, in ways that you can partner with us. Even though you're not going, you can partner with us through supporting these fundraiser events through prayer and just your contribution because everyone is, uh, has their hands to the plow, right? When, when we're, we're, it's, a, it's a team that's going over there, and, and we just thank God for those willing servants. So we have uh, Shakey's this Monday at 6 p.m., uh, Shakey's this Monday. And also we have uh, tickets on sale November 4th. Uh, we're going to have a Applebee's breakfast. I don't know if has anybody ever went to Applebee's breakfast fundraisers. Man, they're fun. We've had a good time in the past. I encourage everyone to come out. If you need any information on that, see Pastor Irene, our 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 campus executive pastor, my wife, go and see her and she will give you more information. Let's pray for the offering and, and, and after we're going to be dismissed with a blessing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
for the ability to give, God. We thank you because you once first gave to us, God, and now we're all saying, we're saying thank you, God. We're saying you are our source, Lord, for everything, God. So may these tithes and offerings be a, a blessing and an honoring to you, Father, as we release unto you, Lord. Use them for your purpose, for your will, and may you get glory and honor through these tithes and offerings, God. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Thank you, saints. Ushers, you are dismissed. to our feet. It's our tradition to close out with a blessing. I want to invite some of our leaders and pastors to the altar. After we dismiss with a blessing, if you need extra prayer, there'll be someone here at the altar willing to pray for you. But we want to pronounce a blessing over you for this week. If you lift up your hands unto the Lord, in the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you could live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, who fills you with power, may you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Go in peace. Hope to see you Thursday night. <laughs>